Co-host Jim Passon. Jim, hey, good evening. And our very special guest this week is Gabrielle, uh, founder and uh, I guess you'd call the chief writer at uh, Girl at the Game. Gabrielle, thanks so much for joining us. Guys, this is so exciting for me. I'm so honored <laughs> to be talking to you guys. We're we're Thank thrilled. You for to, me. We're thrilled to have you. Yeah, for real. I'm, I'm at least as excited. I swear. <laughs> it's reciprocated. Awesome. Um, yeah. we, you know, we wanted to bring you on cause you know, one of the things I've, uh, I've, uh, you know, sort of admired your work from afar for a little while now. And, you know, as uh, somebody who can appreciate your writing style, I kind of wanted to know how did, how did girl of the game get started? What was the genesis of the website? So it kind of happened. I don't want to say by accident because that's not that's like, obviously like it, it happened with intention. Like I, I created it, but um, I was working as a freelance writer, but writing about like beauty and lifestyle and wellness kind of stuff. Um, kind of think like Instagram influencer stuff, but without doing the influencing on Instagram, like I would write about things like, you know, the best skincare of the month and whatever. Right. And I liked it. Um, but it was definitely not fulfilling. It was just like, it was easy. It was like something I could do. Um, and I had never really known what I wanted to do with my life. And then um, I went to opening day with a friend of mine um, who works for the Red Sox. And he, you know, we're sitting there and it was the first opening day without David Ortiz. And it was just like, I kept saying, like, it feels really off. And Oof. he's like, you know, he's like, yeah, David Ortiz isn't here. And to thank him for bringing me to the game. Um, he's like a friend of the family to thank him for bringing me to the game. I came home and like wrote something about how I was feeling about the first game of 2017. And he wrote back, like, I remember this so vividly, like I emailed it to him and he writes back, you're a sports writer now. <laughs> <laughs> that was and it. I was like, no, no. Like I just was writing what I feel, blah, blah, blah. And he, <laughs> he's like, well, it's just the beginning. And like, he wasn't like he 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 was he kind of started pushing me to be like I want to know what you think about this. Like he would text me when something something happened and be like, tell like write me one page about like what you feel about this. Kind of like giving me like sports writing homework. Like egging um, you on. He's been around the game for a really long time, so you know I I would like take his wisdom. Um, and oh. it kind of started getting to the point where like all I wanted to do was like write about baseball. Um, and I was always watching the games anyway. And it's funny because now if I go and like search my own tweets, like on advanced search on Twitter, um, I'll like see something that I tweeted in 2013. And I said the same thing, like five years later, like probably about David Ortiz or something. Right. But like, it's funny <laughs> because I was saying all those things when no one was paying attention anyway. Um, 
And then a couple months later, like in June, I think, um, I was like, you know what, like, I'm just going to build a website and like, see what happens. And so I built the website and I just remember the game, the like girl at the game name kind of just popped into my head. And then I was like, should I maybe call it Gabrielle at the game instead? And then I was like, no, because the whole point is like, there are lots of girls at the game. Right. Um, like a representation, you know? Um, yeah. Like I'm me, but there's like a ton of other girls at the game who love baseball or football or basketball or soccer or lacrosse, hockey, whatever curling um i don't know yeah i like that i like that it's vague like that yeah i like that it's vague that it's the girl at the game it doesn't you know specify your topic happens to be baseball but it doesn't it doesn't have to be specific to that um exactly it's so like i have to ask you know i it's pretty obvious anyone who follows your work or is going to follow your work shortly will will know you are a unabashed red Sox fan so but you do go into other topics as well. You cover other teams. I especially, you know, I liked your write-up on Hunjin Ryu, you know, when he when he signed with the Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, my question Thank is... You. <laughs> my question is, like, how do you... What's your method for choosing topics? Are you... And I'll tie it into another question. When you go through your, you know, method of choosing what to write about, do you feel any sort of journalistic obligation or, like, an implied one? Do you, do you want to play both sides do you want to be sort of a news oriented thing or do you consider yourself more of an opinion site um i mean i'm definitely very opinionated but and you know obviously i love the red Sox, even though at times like right now they're very hard to love they make it very hard to love them um but he like the red Sox. (laughs) i've always been really um it's interesting. Like I find it very weird. I'm very biased and love them very much, but I'm also really hard on them. Um, which I think definitely comes with the territory of being a Boston fan. But I think, you know, like I can be on Twitter saying like, Oh my God, I would die for Xander Bogart's. Like if someone gets hurt, I'll be like, you know, Raphael Devers can have my foot. I don't, (laughs) but I'll also, you know, I'm also very matter of fact and like, realistic about them and that has earned me a lot of like oh you're not a real fan like in 2017 i wrote an article and it was like two months into girl at the game um but i wrote an article saying that the red Sox didn't deserve to be in the postseason and i got so much it was like the first time i remember really getting like a lot of pushback on something i wrote and people were like you're not loyal you're not a fan i was like no i just have eyeballs like this team isn't good (laughs) they were the least terrible team in the division in 2017 so de facto they had to go to the postseason because that's how the postseason structure of baseball works right every division sends at least one team that's not news but (laughs) it doesn't mean that they deserve to be there it means that they were the least bad team and I knew that the minute they got to barring some kind of unprecedented miracle, the minute they actually reached the postseason and had to play intense, frequent games against the best teams who actually deserve to be there, they would not succeed. And I hoped obviously that I would be proven wrong. Like I always say, like, I hope I'm proven wrong. Like I always used to say, I hope David Price proved me wrong. And when he did, I was really happy. And I wrote an article being like, I'm so glad David Price, you know, was the hero of the 2018 postseason. But I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to pretend that, like, the sky is blue when it's raining. It's, right. it's just not my thing. 
you know, I'm not going to pretend that the 2020 season is something I'm really looking forward to. Like I want baseball to come back. Does it mean that I'm like, can't, that I'm excited to like, see what this season's holds for the Red Sox. Really not that excited at all. (laughs) Right. So do do you find it, uh, I mean, I follow you on Twitter. I'm not really anywhere else on social media. But do you find it uh, that you only follow so many Red Sox fans, or are you following quite a few Red Sox fans? Because I mean, I mean, across Twitter, everybody's like, you know, Yankees Twitter, right? I'm a Yankees fan growing up, and and still am today. Where Yankees Twitter is the worst, right? Everybody always says it, God. and and I follow some of that, and I see some yeah. of that, and you get lost in it, but that. I, I end up having to see it as um, a fan versus for a team versus being a fan for baseball as I am now, right? I mean, growing up as a Yankee fan, there was two favorite teams, right? The Yankees and anybody playing the Red Sox, and sometimes they're the same. Exactly. And they're I sometimes the same team, right? Yeah, exactly. You in reverse. And now, growing up and getting to understand the game more and everything else, and then having social media and whatnot, and seeing how Yankees Twitter works versus also just baseball Twitter as a whole <laughs> i i have to i have to pick and choose the yankees twitter that i'm willing to take in it, it, it but i i but i also understand that that happens with places like the cardinals with the red Sox and and the dodgers i see them when i when they come across my screen that they can get pretty you know just my glasses are just this one color so for me i limit the amount of yankee fans that i follow do you feel you do the same thing with the red Sox fans or you um... are you deep into them I mean, I think it depends a lot on the person. Um, obviously, I don't follow everyone who follows me um, because I get a lot of news from Twitter. So, like, if my news, my timeline is just like a million people, then not a million, but like, if my timeline's thousands of people, like, I'm not going to see a lot of the stuff I want to see. I mean, I know you can make like lists and stuff, but like, who really has the time to check on all of those? Right. Um, I will say I don't follow a lot of Yankees fans because for starters, most of them hate me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and also I've never received more rape and death threats than I have from Yankees Twitter. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, but I also like you, I used to like, I used to be like, okay, like I only love the Red Sox. I don't care about baseball. Not like I didn't care. Like I was like that kid that did book reports on Jackie Robinson growing up and Babe Ruth. So I, I cared, but when it came to actually like watching games and like following up on like news on other players around the league, like it just like, I was so consumed with the Red Sox. And I think over the last couple of years, one of the things I'm most grateful for about girl at the game is that I really have come to love and appreciate the game more in its entirety and like appreciate play players on other teams, different ballparks. Like I, you know, when you grow up right by Fenway park, like you kind of don't really have an excuse to go anywhere else because it's like, well, why, why would I like, who needs to, I mean, right. yeah. I wanted to see other ballparks, but it's like, it's right I there. Could, I could walk <laughs> yeah, half right a there. mile and like, it's right there. Like I did yoga across the street from Fenway today and, and the ballpark was in the windows of the yoga studio. Like, it's, so, so I have. It, but now I appreciate players like Ryu because I saw him pitch a complete game shutout Maddox at Dodger Stadium this spring, and the same night Justin Turner hit three home runs, and it was crazy. And it's like yeah. living in LA. Like I kind of like if I wanted to go to baseball games, I went to Dodger games or I went to Angels games. Um, I even went to an A's game when the Red Sox were there in April, and that was terrible. But. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know, like I appreciate that I have been able to expand my horizons in baseball because there is so much more to love when you step out of your own backyard. So have you adopted, have you adopted a second team? I know for like, for me, for example, when I was sitting through the mid 2010s, when the Braves were really bad, I just, I just adopted the Oakland A's. I was like, this is, you're my team now, you know, like, have you, have you adopted any secondary teams? Cause I find that that happens a lot when, when your home team is bad, you, you need, you need to still need to release into another team. And I, and I feel like, you know, like I adopted the A's for that reason. Do, do you find yourself adopting a secondary team with the, with the Red Sox in such a precipitous decline? Um, yeah. I mean, I've always kind of had two national league teams because of like people in my family. Um, my grandfather and my uncle are both born and grew up in Brooklyn. Um, so they were lifelong Dodgers fans. And my uncle is like the biggest Dodgers fan. Um, I mean, he's really sweet, actually, because he'll he'll go on the website and like if I write like I wrote something about Kofax last week and he sent me like this really long email about how much he loved it because he used to love watching Kofax pitch. Um, so growing up, like the Dodgers and the Mets were kind of those teams because the I Mets. had family in hmm. Philly and Jersey who were Mets fans. I know. <laughs> the Mets. Like, I was like, wow, all right, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, um, and then the Dodgers and also like, I was the biggest Jackie Robinson fan growing up. Um, I used to do book reports on him in school and like read biographies of him. And 42 is one of my favorite movies. Um, and Koufax, obviously like being a Jewish kid, like Jewish people love to talk about famous Jewish people because it brings them because you know what jews have had it really hard like everyone's always trying to kill us um so we like to celebrate the things that we have and like that's like non-creepy jewish celebrities and famous jewish athletes non-creepy jewish (laughs) so like not harvey weinstein yeah Yeah, not you know we we, we'll just gloss over them not harvey weinstein right we 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 need jim we made it 14 episodes before a harvey weinstein reference yeah exactly exactly (laughs) it's it's amazing that it lasted this long you you bring a rabbi's daughter on a show this is gonna happen right um I, I slowly feel myself turning into both my mother and my grandmother in terms of the way I talk about Ju- Jewish stuff. But anyway, my point is like, you know, you grow up hearing like my dad would tell me like Hank Greenberg and Sandy Koufax stories. And like, like one of the first things I remember as a, as a kid was my dad telling me that Hank Greenberg and Sandy Koufax didn't play on Yom Kippur. Right. Right. And then when I was a kid, I would go to synagogue and Gabe Kapler and Kevin Euclid went to my synagogue when they were on the Red Sox. And it was just crazy. I was like, oh, my God, it's true. Jewish baseball players don't play on Yom Kippur. <laughs> it's a real thing. Um, yeah. So, so Dodgers for sure. And I, I used to love going to Dodger Stadium when I lived there because it was so close to my apartment. And the, the Dodgers were so good this year, especially at the beginning of the season. Like Cody Bellinger homered every time I was there. It was crazy. Wow. Um, well, that, that to be fair though, to be anywhere when Co- Cody Bellinger homers uh, a lot is that's not it's yeah, not an uncommon occurrence. <laughs> um so I I can't I can't end the first part here without a Red Sox question. Um oh God. and it start yeah, I I I got to put you through it. I got to put you through it. So so you, you know, we go from um you know Theo obviously and then Sherrington who was very farm centric. 
um, you know, farm system centric, really kind of built it up. Yeah. Um, Dombrowski mortgages it. And now Bloom comes in and he's got that sort of farm centric uh, in modern analytic uh, pedigree. Do you know, do you feel like, I feel like the, the market in Boston won't allow for a tank style rebuild like you saw in Chicago, like we're seeing in uh, around other places um, and like Houston went through. Um, but do you feel like, you know, obviously Betts is on the block do you feel like uh, a rebuild of of bigger proportions that we're, than we're talking about is coming in Boston? Um, honestly, I'm really not sure. Like, I kind of keep going back and forth. The thing with High and Bloom, and the thing with, um, like the Red Sox that like has been driving me nuts, and it's the same thing with the Dodgers and Bloom's former like mentor, basically Andrew Friedman. They're people who came from a poor team to run really rich teams, but they're running them like they're poor teams. And I'm not sure how much of that. I'm not sure how much of that with Bloom is like an ownership thing or just like he's kind of not really sure what to do now that he has almost triple the payroll that he did in Tampa. Like basically David Price and Mookie have the same combined salary as like the Tampa Bay payroll right. in 2019. Right. And now Chaim Bloom's like, they brought Chaim Bloom in and they're like, we want you to spend under $208 million. Like, can you do that? And he's like, yeah, dude, I've been spending $64 million right. for years. Like, it's not a- like, okay, well then like his idea of, of, of like splurging is the Red Sox idea of saving. And it's going to be very interesting to kind of see how that dichotomy kind of like resolves itself because like right now, there are so many pitchers, for example, that the Red Sox passed on, like Waka and Porcella, where I'm like, those were very affordable pitchers. The Red Sox need pitchers. Like, price is a question mark from both a contract and a health standpoint and a performance standpoint, obviously, honestly. Right. Sale and Evaldi, it's like a health standpoint and a performance standpoint. And Porcello's gone. Right. So I and got. So you're, 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 pinning all your hopes on like everyone being healthy and Eduardo Rodriguez. And, and I'm like, okay, you could have scooped up Waka. You have $3 million. Like it, it drives me absolutely nuts when like, it's also an insult to the poor teams when the rich teams do this. Cause it's like, you know what? And it's an insult to the players. It's an insult to all the players around the league who are waiting to get all these free agents who are waiting to get signed. And, these rich teams are just like scrooging themselves away the entire off season. And then they're going to like lowball these offers right before or during spring training. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like the Red Sox are one of the richest teams in baseball and they should act like it. Yeah. And I said it last year too. I was like, I know about the luxury. I know like the number of people who tried to mansplain the luxury tax threshold to me. I was like, dude, I know. But <laughs> They're the Red Sox. They can afford it. Yes. They very like, much Like, you don't want to pay. That's different than not being able to pay. 
And I think that even if this was the case that they didn't want to pay and they wanted to go down this road, I mean, wasn't there a point last year in the middle of the year, slightly before the trade deadline, that they could have started making the moves to shed the payroll that they're having that issue with now? The reason why they couldn't go after a few more million dollar guys, right? You couldn't sign a nine million dollar a year guy because you only have three million dollars. You know what? I'm not even going to spend that three million bucks. I think Waka got three million from the Mets. I'm like, yeah. we could have paid Michael Waka. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's well, not. And I'm not saying like him specifically, but there were so many free agent pitching signings already this winter that I'm like, yeah, yeah, that guy would have been a good fit. You mean and, to tell me that Julio Tehran like, is too like, rich? Is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or you know, um, I'm trying to remember who that guy was that got scooped up. Oh whatever it's so many people no it was already a while ago but it's just like there were so many that like it's just like another solid pitcher like wade miley or something like that they didn't have enough pitchers right right well that was revolving door of triple a guys is not right conducive to like a championship season or even a like not embarrassing season like that was the problem the red sox kept doing like this revolving door skeleton crew of pitchers from triple a last year and I'm like, okay, but this guy didn't work two weeks ago when you brought him up. He's not going to work now. Right. I I can't help but wonder. So I'm going to fire a couple of names at you, and I just need your gut reaction. Do you think that – do you think that you will – just yes or no. Do you think that these players will be traded under the Bloom regime? All right? Not not this year, not next year. I'm just talking about the Bloom regime, okay? Rafael Devers. No. Xander Bogarts. No. Andrew Benintendi. Yes. And he should. Chris Sale. Mm. No, if he's good this season. Mookie Betts. Yes. Okay. All right. And I don't, I think it's a bad idea, but I think it's going to happen because Bloom is coming in and he's the new guy. Like they didn't promote with, with from within. So Bloom doesn't understand boston right okay well hey that you know we we couldn't we couldn't get out of the first segment without doing a red Sox rant and and you absolutely (laughs) delivered um that's the that's and that was was tame honestly yeah (laughs) you you did you kept the professionalism up and and we appreciate that here at rab Um, I was hoping for uh, worse as a Yankees fan, but you know, I'll be all right. Again. Yeah, and, you know, I if feel... you want worse as a Yankees fan, just go to your own fan base's Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. So, so we're we're gonna take <laughs> a, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back. Uh, Gabrielle's gonna hang out with us for a little bit, and we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk title droughts. We'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, Gabrielle's still hanging out with us here. And, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about something that, you know, I had tweeted out and got some interesting responses. Um, Of the uh, 2010s, there were only four teams that failed to make the postseason throughout the entire decade. Uh, The Chicago White Sox, who last appeared in 2008, Uh, They lost the league championship season to the Rays, who would go on to lose the World Series uh, to the Phillies. The Jim, brace yourself, the 2003 uh, Florida Marlins at the time, who went on to uh, win the World Series over the Yankees. 
Um, it in fact was their uh, their only ninety win season uh, since two thousand one. And uh, the, the Mariners, Seattle Mariners, 2001, the infamous loss in the LCS. You're redeemed, Jim. Yeah, uh, back. After that 116-win season, they lose to the Yankees. And then the San Diego Padres, uh, they lost two straight LDSs to the Cardinals. And another team, only one 90-win season since 2001 still. So I'll pose the question that I posed on Twitter to, you, to both of you. Between the White Sox, the Marlins, the Mariners, and the Padres, who breaks their playoff drought first? And I'll start with Gabrielle. I think the White Sox have made a lot of big moves. Um, I mean, they made a lot of moves in the last, like, two years. And I don't know. I just have a feeling about them. Like, they have been on it all off season like they are it's like someone lit a fire under them right <laughs> and they're going for it like i mean the thing is i actually said the mariners were gonna win the world series last year because at the beginning of the year they were so good um, <laughs> they were 2-0 <laughs> I mean, oh with each row like, <laughs> like that's but like that's the thing like baseball is so unpredictable i still think the white Sox. i mean the, the padres like they're not there yet um, the Marlins are definitely not there, right. um, which hurts me because I love their Twitter so much, and they are so cute when they interact with people. Um, <laughs> All fifty of their fans. Back. Yeah. Yeah, there's more than that. There's quite a few. There's been... a solid one hundred. Okay. <laughs> solid one hundred. I was way right. off. Jim, so, Jim, who's could, your who's your pick? A, they could start a small town in Montana. Right. Jim, 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 who's your pick for for this? I'm curious to hear what you think because I, I, I mean, go ahead. I, I mean, for me, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's down to two, right? I, I've kind of eliminated the Marlins and the Mariners. I think that they're farther off than than even their fans even want to to give up. I think they're they're a little bit ways out, right? So to me, it was a White Sox Padres, and I wanted to hit with the White Sox, but my issue ends up being with the White Sox is just the the depth, right? I mean, they're making the moves. They're they're playing for now, and I love that, right? But it just seems like they're just so close to the edge, right? I mean, the one, they, I mean, they got the division going for them at least, right? At right. least they're in the right division, right. where you got the Tigers, the Royals, the Indians, who seem to be sliding backwards. And really, I, I mean, I don't really know how many people are sold on the Twins, right? After last season, the Twins season kind of felt uh, juice ball. Not a strong division. What did you get out of the Twins? What did you see, right? So the White Sox are in the right division to make that jump now. But even with all that being said, I'm going to go with the Padres. I think that for me that they have the best chance to even make it this year. Um, I think they could sneak in the wild card. I really don't think the Rockies have a chance. I don't think the Giants are there yet. So I think those are victories that are out there. The Dodgers haven't been making moves or aging, right? Um, and then, uh, and the Diamondbacks, yeah, kind of a wild card to me too, right? I, I like what they've been working on, but I don't know if they're fully on, on to becoming a playoff team. So I think their division gives them the climate that they need to make the playoffs too. And I really think that, I mean, I think they got enough bats, and I really think that their pitching is, is 
uh, underrated. I mean, even with Paddock and Lamette there, I think that uh, a Lucchese uh, solidifies the third spot in that uh, that pitching rotation very well. And then I think their bullpens, I mean, I don't know where I'd rank them, rank them. But if they're not close to the top, I mean, they're at least top five almost in my eyes. They're, right? a, top, I mean, they're a top third bullpen. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the Padres... The thing with the Padres is it's like you kind of feel like they have the full puzzle in terms of like in the box, but they haven't put it together yet. Like they've got all the pieces. They're definitely not like missing that much. They just haven't figured out how to click it all into like the right place yet. Yeah. Um, I just think the White Sox are like a teeny bit ahead just in terms of like where they're at right now. Like I think but I think they both are very talented teams that are going to be really fun to watch as much as I don't like Manny Machado. Like those are two teams that are fun to watch. I just think that the Padres haven't figured like figured it out yet. Like I, sure. I just don't think that they're clicking the, the way that they should. I, I tend yeah. to, I tend to agree. I tend to agree that the white Sox are, <clears throat> I'm kind of a hybrid of the two. I think if you were to put the Padres and the white Sox in the same division, I genuinely agree with Jim that I think the Padres are a better team. They have more upside. Now, I would say on the other end of the coin, though, that the White Sox are the very fortunate circumstances right now. I think the Twins, the Twins are probably going to, they stand to lose the most of anyone in that division. I think Cleveland is, I think we're overselling how bad Cleveland is right now. So, I think that they're a, an Adam Savali breakout, and I know that's a reach, but they're, they've got some high upside type of pitchers still, even after the departure of Corey Kluber. They just need to hit, and Jose Ramirez isn't going to bat 160 uh, again for most of the year. I just don't believe that. <clears throat> so I, I believe that the White Sox, by fortunate circumstance, are the first ones to break the streak, but... That with the caveat that I don't think they're the best team on this list right now, um, so I, I feel like I could go, I could go 15 rounds on either one of them. But realistically, I kind of feel like the the White Sox will ultimately end up getting to the playoffs and then just get absolutely trounced by whomever they play. I mean, they got the they they did really good. I mean, that lineup. I mean, it's got Moncada well, in it. I mean, they they Grandal, did fine. Carnacion now is there. Jimenez. Uh, they did get the the contract done with uh, Luis Robert. Make sure I pronounce that right. I mean, it's basically the Dominican Republic slash Cuba there. I mean, right. some of the best players coming out of it. It's a great great international team, right? And then throw down their pitchers. I mean. Giolito is ridiculous, right? Gio Gonzalez yeah. is a solid piece. Dallas Keuchel was a solid pickup. The Lopez Dallas is Keuchel, getting better. The Dallas Keuchel thing. I mean, like, I know he's not the same Dallas Keuchel. Like, I mean, he's getting older, but he's still Dallas Keuchel. He's still, he was a huge get for them. Right. And that's one, that's definitely, that's like one of the things that factored into me saying, like, I'm picking the White Sox just a teeny bit, like, like a nose ahead in terms of the finish line of, like, reaching the postseason. Like, I, I just think, Especially because Keuchel, you know, he's got the experience. Like, I, I feel like I'm going to – I'm not super familiar with the histories of the White Sox players. Like, I know who they are, but I'm not going to, like, say, like, I remember their entire MLB career. But Keuchel's a World Series winner. 
Right. And he, like, he, he knows, has a lot he, of games. Like, he yeah. brings that energy. And I always think that getting players like that who know what it feels like to win, they bring a different energy to the clubhouse the same way having a manager who knows what it feels like either to win one as a player or as a manager. Like, it's a different vibe when you have someone who knows that it's possible and who knows what it feels like. They want to feel it again. They know what they need to do to get there. And leadership guys like that in the clubhouse, like David Ortiz is the prime example. Like he was mentoring the crap out of players and he still does it. Yeah. He's like hired by the Red Sox until literally the day he dies. Right. To yeah. mentor players because they know that like he has, he knows what it feels like. Right. No, I, I agree with you. And, I, I feel like that veteran leadership makes a huge difference. And Keuchel had a, Keuchel had a big influence in Atlanta when he was here. Um, on those yeah. young pitchers, Soroka and Freed, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for that veteran experience experience that leads you and, and puts you in position to get to a World Series, which segues to my next question. Um, I got me thinking about World Series title droughts. And, um, you I know, found my article. Yay. Okay. It took a really long time. <laughs> the interwebs. <laughs> I was not searching for the right things. The, um, so, so Gabrielle, I want, I want to, uh, what you were telling us about this article in between in the break here, um, fill, fill us in on, on what you, what you were looking for. So there's a really funny story behind this article. This article is from January, 2018. Cause if you guys remember like the, Actually, it's almost two years to the day. It was January 12th, 2018. Oh, 2018, like the 2017-28 season, 18 offseason was like really slow. Like mm -hmm. so mind-numbingly, like everything was like, where is Giancarlo Stan going to go and then and Shohei Otani? And then like once that was resolved, like nothing happened. Like the Red Sox didn't sign J.D. Martinez until spring training hit up. Like he didn't, he was late to spring training. Like nothing happened right. in 2018. Um, and so I had nothing to do. And so I started reading more baseball history. Um, I was an American history major in college and I just was like reading about teams because the Dodgers got booted from the world series. And I was at one of those games and I was like, Oh, this sucks for them. Cause they have such a long drought and the Indians got booted and like, they yeah. haven't won since 1948. That's like the longest drought. And I was looking and I realized a lot of teams in baseball that won in the 80s, like, have not won since. Yes, that's true. And what happened was I was going out on a first date at the time that I was researching this article. And it was like a friend's, it was like the guy I was going out with, it was his it was his roommate's birthday so he's like can we stop by this party in west hollywood first and um like his roommate was also his coworker, and so a bunch of their coworkers were there and it was like a bunch of like hollywood um like talent agency bros which is like a it's kind of like the west coast version of like goldman sachs bros before like 2008 <laughs> Nice. Um, okay. Like, you know, it's like a very specific, like... I'm picturing the big short right now. <laughs> yeah, or like, you know, that interns movie or whatever. I don't know. So we go, and he's like introducing me around. He's like, this is Gabrielle. She's a sports writer. And it was like, you remember in The Lion King, the moment that the hyenas realize that they can eat Scar? 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was scarred. Okay. <laughs> it was like, it was like, or like, you know, the seagulls in Finding Nemo when they see the crab or mine? the fish and they're like, mine. <laughs> like, they honed in. They're like, oh, girl, sports, quiz, like, time to stump the girl. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Which, like, let me just say, like, I have never heard a guy be like, I really like baseball and be like, oh, you like baseball? So tell me what the velocity of Nolan Ryan's pitch was on, like, May 12th of, like, his sixth season in MLB. Like, Girls don't do that to guys. That's yeah. a different story. So these guys start like firing off like questions at me, like, and this one guy starts like chirping me about the Red Sox because it, I guess it was like I didn't publish this article till January, but like it was November that I had started thinking about it, and the Red Sox had just gotten booted from the ALDS, and then the Astros had then gone on to win the World Series with their trash cans, and. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And the guy's like, oh, the Red Sox suck. Like, they make it all the way to the postseason and they lose in the first round. And I just looked at the guy and I was like, um, so who's your team? And he goes, oh, I'm a Phillies fan. And, like, oh, they're the, worst. Like, the most, like, Philly bro, like, frat guy you can picture. And I looked at him and I was like, so you're a fan of the oldest continuous franchise in MLB history. They've been around since 1883 and it took them nine, like, not a hundred and what is it like yeah 97 years to win their first world series Ugh. and then they didn't win a second one until 2008 i was like so you're chirping my team for losing the the division series when they've won three world series in the last 15 years and your team having been a braves fan growing up in <laughs> philadelphia i i will take dunking on phillies fans any day of my life and and so yeah, yeah. So, so i'm down guy, with like, that the minute i said that i was like so your team's won two ever and it took them 97 years to win their first one and then they didn't win again for like another 28 years and you're chirping my team for losing in the division series right right and like the minute i said that it was like I had sucker punched like 12 dudes in the face. It was so epic. <laughs> it was like the funniest thing ever. Um, and that's my, that's my world series drought story, but nice. it, it's just like something I always remember because. Well, it's nothing it was, like, dun- it's it like dunking so on to like, yeah, it's dunking on fans. Stump the girl, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll, I'm not going to try and stump anybody here. I, I will tell you that, but I do want to get both of your guys' thoughts on something. When, when I fanned out all of these teams and their playoff droughts, one of the things I was looking at in particular was teams that have never won. Okay, and we've officially hit the era where, like, you know, for example, your your legacy franchises, obviously the Tigers, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Reds, uh, they've they've the Pirates, they've all gone on to win, uh, the Braves, they they've gone on to win World Series at various points, but I was curious as to, and we all know how hard it is to win the World Series, okay. All of our, you know, the Jim being a Yankees fan, uh, you being a Red Sox fan, me being a Braves fan, we all remember our teams, Some for some of us very recently, winning a World Series. But I wanted to get your thoughts on teams that the franchise has never won. And that list includes from uh, the Rangers, Texas Rangers, 59 years, no World Series. Milwaukee Brewers, 51 years. Uh, the San Diego Padres, also 51 years. Colorado Rockies, 27 years. And the Tampa Bay Rays, 22 years. 
Don't forget the Mariners. And the Mariners, yes. The Mariners, <laughs> uh, where did I put them on this list? Oh, I just I forgot to bold them. 43 years. 43 yes, years for the Mariners. 77, yeah. So my question is, of all of those teams, and you were talking about teams in various stages of rebuilds and, and you know, what have you, um, you know, the Rays being in the probably the hardest division to win in baseball, who breaks their streak first? And I'm going to run it down one more time. It's the Rangers, Brewers, Padres, Mariners, Rockies, and Rays. Gabrielle, I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you think? Oh, my God. Because it's, it's not a great list going into 2020. A, yeah. <laughs> it's not a good set of teams that really spend a bunch of money to try to win championships. Not in the slightest, uh, right? Right. That is a tough one. I'm going to say the Mets. Like, just, I'm going to go wild card and say the Mets. <laughs> the where? The what? The Mets but, but, everybody. But the Mets won one already. Yeah, the Mets won one. I know. Oh, funny. you're gonna. You're, she's going off the she's, list. Oh, she's she's going off of script it. on us. <laughs> I, no, I, I'm joking. I'm saying like before anyone breaks their drought. Oh, before. Uh, anyone. <laughs> so you got the, you got the Mets in 2020, 2020 now. No, that, that's what I heard. You heard it here that's first. What I hear. Yeah, mark you're, it down. That's right, Gabrielle Honestly, calling Mets World Series. I made a joke that Rick Porcello was going to lead the Mets to the World Series. Um. That's not that far off. Yeah, that's that's not that far off. I fun fact about Rick Porcello, he's only good every other year, so he's gonna be really good in twenty twenty because twenty sixteen he was the Cy Young, twenty seventeen he lost. He led the league in losses. Twenty eighteen he wins a World Series. Twenty nineteen he had the worst ERA of any starting pitcher in baseball. So twenty twenty is his year again. And Cy, I Cy Young the Sox should pick him up for sheep. I'm like, all right, Cy Young number two. Plus <laughs> right. the guy is always healthy. Um I think True. I think the Rays, honestly. I think the Rays are going to shock everybody. Yeah. Jim, For starters, you... they've been making moves, and they're scrappy. And the fact that they're so creative and able to do so much with so little, um, I mean, they're so close already. They yeah. were close last year. They were even closer this year. Right. Um the sad thing for the Rays, I remember reading somewhere that if the Rays in 2018, if the Rays were in any other division, like in the National League, they would have been first place in in their division or second second place in the West because of the Dodgers. But like for a long part of the season, the Rays had a better record than any National League team. Yeah, that's, that's and it just sucks pick. because they're in the division with the Red Sox and the Yankees, so they're never with with the amount of money that they have compared to those two teams, like. It's really hard to anticipate them. Right. Yeah. Like getting better, but I I think they're gonna you know, um I think they're gonna surprise everybody. They're they're really hustling this off season. They were hustling today. Right. Uh Jim, what do you got? I mean, I love the Rays, right? I, I think it's uh the money ball style of play slash uh living in the new analytics, right? I mean, they're more than willing to use openers. They're willing to make the bullpen work a little bit harder and not work their all their starters so much, right? So they just narrow it down and say, okay, let's have a Morton and a Snell, and then we'll go from there, right? Now they had like a Glasnow, and it's like, well, maybe we can stretch out three great starters and kind of bullpen the heck out of everything else. I mean, they're willing to do everything they can to win, and in the division that they're in, they have to, right? And they've done great at it. I 
I mean, I think since uh, 2010 or 2011 or something like that, uh, they've got the fifth best record in baseball. I mean, not just the American League, in all of baseball. So only behind in the American League, I think behind Boston and New York, right? So your top three teams in the American League for wins are all in the same division with each other. I think that they have what it takes management-wise, front office-wise, to, to try to put together what it takes. They just never going to spend the money right they're never going to put the the tails in the seats to even get to enjoy it so it's uh it's weird i really like the race right um but i mean for me if i'm looking at those six teams uh you know i think it's probably the rangers uh, oh me, you took my right? pick i was gonna be so dark horse about it that the, they're just uh, they're the ones that are willing to go right i mean they're they're just uh they're the team that's willing to spend the money make the moves and uh and and go and, and try to do the research it takes to find the best talent that they can get at the same they time as being able to spend money yeah again right. already see that's what it was for me and, and gabrielle just hit on it for me it's they're a team that has motivation it's so hard to win a world series i think if the the rays sort of like the a's as the 2010s came around um, the uh, and I hate to put it this way because it's not luck, but the uh, you, when you play with a such a low payroll in modern baseball, it's playing with fire, and eventually the Rays are going to get burned by it. And uh, I think when that happens, the Rangers are a team that is. Uh, we talked about it, Jim, in our off-season series. I feel like the Rangers could be setting up for a quick rebuild, like a quick tank, one or two year tank. And then um, they're a team that's willing to spend money, uh, and they're a team that's willing to be aggressive. I could see them in the 2020s being the first of these teams with the Rays and Brewers getting honorable mentions um, to, uh, to, to break the world, to win their first franchise World Series. They made the postseason five times last decade, right? Uh if it weren't for the Giants, they'd have at least one World Series title, and David friggin' Freeze. Yeah, David Freeze worked David him over, and, and then St. Louis, I believe, got him in 2011, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, Freeze, so. Freeze is like a huge postseason guy. I remember oh, yeah. five of the 2018 World Series, he was batting leadoff for the Dodgers in Game 5, and he gets up and smokes a first-pitch home run off David Price. I mean, they ended up <laughs> winning the World Series that night, but like that first pitch, I was like, it's, it's David. You just it's got freeze. <laughs> well, yeah. So we're safe now. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> he retired. I, I was actually, I was actually thinking about that a lot recently because just like thinking about the Indians, because I was watching Major League and Major League Two this week. Um, <laughs> nice. And then thinking about the Red Sox and like the real life Indians, and just thinking about the window of time for a team to win, because the Indians were so good, like 2016, 2017. Even the last two years, like the last four years, really, they've been excellent to very good. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they kind of had some bad luck this year, like with Kluber and everything. But the Red Sox, the thing that drove me so nuts was like, I understand, you know, you, you don't want to pay taxes. Like, you don't want to pay the tax threshold. You don't want like the penalties. You don't want to deplete your farm system. You don't want to spend more money. Like there's all these things to consider in terms of like the future. But at the same time, Baseball is such an unpredictable game that there's so much of it that you need to live in the present and just capitalize on what you've got going on 
in the moment or in the season. And for me, like looking at like who was going to be a free agent in 20, like this off season, who should have been a free agent, like, you know, I think Chris Dale's starting his extension now. Right. Um, well, there's a lot of those extensions, you know, no one ever not there were a lot of extensions, Sale. a lot yeah. of contracts to be negotiated, a lot of things like that. And I was just looking at the team and I was like, you know what, this team, like going into last season and then seeing how the season started and watching it just like go completely down the toilet. The thing that was so frustrating was they were so close to having all the puzzle pieces again last year and they just didn't spend the money. They yep. didn't replace Kimbrel. They didn't replace Kelly. I didn't want them to keep either of them, but you can't let two very, I mean, Kimbrel was a disaster in 2018, but you can't let a closer and a very, and a sometimes very solid pitcher or just like two arms in general go and not replace them. And then just expect that AAA guys are going to get the job done. And right. You know, then players are getting injured and players aren't playing well. And the thing that Dave Dombrowski kept saying was like, we're happy with the team we have. And I was like, why the hell are you happy with the team that you have? Like, I know it's it was filler. Like he was he was, you know, speaking in platitudes like he was not happy. No one was happy with the team that they had. Right. But why are you holding on to the 2018 team when you could be tinkering with the team to get them like they were close for for certain parts of the season like pockets of the season they had flashes of 2018 where everyone kept thinking this is when they turn it around and you know what if they had gotten some fresh blood if they had gotten some healthy like infusions to that team they could have actually turned it around and that was the most frustrating thing because it is so we're looking at this list of droughts and teams who've never won it is so hard to even get to the World Series. Right. Yep. I mean, of these and of these the teams. The Red Sox didn't even try this year. They yep. really, like, knowing the things that, like, we know now and knowing how I felt about them literally from the first week of spring training when I was like, they just don't look like they care. Right. Yep. I mean, it's... It just was so maddening because you don't come across talented. You, It's hard... And we know because Dombrowski destroyed the farm system to get them there right? and spent a ton of money. It is hard to build a championship team. Right. I mean, just ask the 90s Braves. You know, they had 15 cracks at the winning the World Series and one produced, you know, produced four, five, five Hall of Famers in, the, in that stretch and took home one title. And so, yeah, you, you know, they pre we keep getting preached patience from baseball owners, right? You know, oh, be patient. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know, think long term. We're gonna think big picture. But you there know, is no real long term in baseball, right? That's people, and that's that's the that's thing that it. drives me nuts. Like when people say, like, oh, trade Mookie for prospects. Keep your prospects. Right. Half your prospects minimum are gonna turn out to anything. Right. The, the percentage of I, I don't remember if it was like a couple years ago I read that like seventy nine percent of minor leaguers don't make it to the majors. Right. I mean that I, that, that's Keep the thing. Your yeah. damn prospect. <laughs> right. Give me give me a a closer now. Give me a, a replacement starting rotation pitcher from another team. Trade Benintendi. Like there were so many things that they could have done that would have spent either very little money or no money, and they didn't do it. And I'm like, you know what? They threw the season away. I'm not saying, like, go and give someone, you know, $80 million. I'm saying, like, they could have gotten out of Vino. Right. Yep. 
for for a bargain. Yeah, yeah, Jim. I know, and Jim. I know you're out in Seattle. The Depoto's peddling the, that theory nonstop, right? <laughs> Yeah. It's tough. Out. making deals from a hospital bed. That guy <laughs> never stops. It's tough out here. It's just, oh man, he's. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what to say. How do you, how how do you get on board with Depoto after what he? I mean, and what he did in Los Angeles. I mean, I, I he makes news, but yeah. I mean, re- really, I mean, it's I don't quantity, like the, not I don't, quality. <laughs> When we were sitting there talking about the four teams of, that are looking to break a playoff drought that, from not getting into the playoffs at all last decade, right? I mean, the Mariners seem to me to be the farthest away. And, you know, Tapota's only made 200-plus moves since he's been here. He ain't been here that long, right? right? It's just, it's ridiculous, you know. It's just, it's not easy to get there. And, and when you're, when you have the money like the Red Sox do or the Dodgers do or the Yankees do, spend it. Who cares about the the soft luxury tax that's out there right now when you're those types of teams if you really care about winning championships and, and keeping the fan base where it's at, right? And, and the same thing for the draft picks because you know what? Think about some of those random draft picks that like people are like, oh, they're the next Griffey. No, yeah. they're not. They're right. like 12 years old. You don't know what the <laughs> hell they are. Yeah. Yeah, Larry Walker was a was a uh, a hockey goalie. He didn't even get drafted. Yeah, right? Piazza I mean, was taken even, as a not as even a to favor. Go into football, but look at Tom Brady. Right. Yeah, six rounder. Right. Ricky Henderson was a 99th overall pick in his draft. Mike Trout David was 24. Ortiz got cut by the Twins. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Ron Gardenhire has been quoted as saying it was like the biggest mistake they ever made is like getting rid of David Ortiz. I'm like, yes, it was. The Twins would be the Red Sox right now. Right, right. So, all right, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. But I got one more one more question, and and so in um, oh, I, I gotta I gotta see a little bit of time for the the Cleveland Indians, though. Oh yeah, okay. All right, you, you let's talk Indians. Go ahead, Jim. Let's talk. Okay, so Indians, right? What is it? Seventy three years. Seventy one years. Seventy one. Seventy one seasons. Seventy two. Two. A long time. 1948. Yeah. Right, so that, yeah, they just finished 72 seasons without, right? So just a few things on on Cleveland and the things that have happened, right, since uh, since Cleveland last won a World Series, right? Uh, back in 1948, there were only 16 teams in Major League Baseball, eight in the American League, eight in the National Leagues. The last time the Cleveland Indians won the World Series, there were only two teams west of the Mississippi. You know who they were? <laughs> Uh, St. Louis Cardinals, and mm-hmm. no, um, yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, and, St. Louis Cardinals and the St. Louis Browns. I mean, they're on the Mississippi <laughs> River, right? But their stadiums were west of the Mississippi River. That's it, right? That was a lot. The time Browns the who are now the the Browns who are now the Orioles. The Orioles, right? right? They're not on the they're not on the right side of the Mississippi River anymore. That's that's when they last won it, right? Um, since. Uh, the last time that they won it, right? October 11, 1948 was when they won, uh, when I think it was Game 6 of the 48 World Series to win it all, right? Since that day, 47 Hall of Famers have been born. Oh, my God. That's, it's been that long, right? NASCAR was founded in 1948, by the way. I found that out, too. And then uh, there's only one play- one player from the 1948 World Series that is still alive today. Vincent. Um... He turns 100 years old later this year. Who who was that? Wow. That's just a, Eddie Robinson. Robinson. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. I believe a uh, second base. Uh, I'd have to relook that one up. It again. sounds like a but second yeah, baseman. It's just been that long, and I mean Cleveland. It's not like they didn't try, right? Right. I mean, 
the last half of the 90s, early part of the 2000s, probably the best team in the American League outside of maybe the Yankees. That's it, right? So, yeah, it's uh, not easy to win the World Series, and Cleveland sure could use to get out of that drought. But, hey, you know, the Red Sox, when they broke that drought, everybody, it really brought the fan base up. It really made a great story. Chicago, the Cubs, same thing. I mean, maybe so, Cleveland should just hang on for another 30, 40 years, make a really good story. God. So, Jim, all right, Jim and Gabrielle, I've got it. So, speaking of how it speaks to how hard it is to win a World Series, the, the most interesting part of this list for me was the top of the list. So, the list within the last 10 years, the teams that have won the World Series in the last 10 years, okay? Because I'm By not. The top, in... You mean the, the bottom? Yeah, sorry, right? the top of the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, what? So the bottom of the, the list. The top of the list is sad. Yeah, the top of the list is sad. Um, well, the see, the bottom of this list could also be sad because here's what the bottom of the list looks like: the Cardinals, Giants, Royals, Cubs, Astros, Red Sox, and Nationals. So, for me. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking of these teams within the 10 years, who's the next team to win out of that group? Because there's a lot of bad teams in that group right now. Gabrielle, I mean, I know you're a little biased here, but what do you think? Oh, no, I'm not biased. The Red Sox are terrible. <laughs> um, I love them. I've loved them. Like I love, I love them in 2012. When no one went to Johnny Pesky's funeral, I hated them, but I loved them. Right. Um, I, my mind was on the Cardinals. Okay, Jim, what do you think? Maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's the Twitter recency bias from the Rays Cardinals thing today, um, but I think it's kind of like the natural turnover, like time turning itself over. That like, you know, a lot. I mean, looking at this list, like the Giants and the Royals. Right. The Giants, like that's it's it's you think about like this decade and you think about like how far the Giants have fallen and it feels that way for the Red Sox. Like they're not as in the toilet as the Giants, but they feel like they're kind of getting hurtling there at an abnormally fast pace right now. The Giants and the Royals, like like the Giants were cheated out of a draft pick, the first round draft pick last year, because Pablo Sandoval hit a walk off home run in the last game, and I was like, "That's hilarious." <laughs> and the Royals are so desperate that they almost drafted a child molester. So, like, right. I forgot about. I'm that. going. Car- I'm going Cardinals. I think they've almost been out of it long enough that they're ready to get back into it. I mean, they were they were close this win this fall. Jim, what I do think, you think? I see it. It's been so difficult for teams to be able to, to the, definitely no back-to-backs, right? We haven't right. had a back-to-back yeah. since, what, 99, 2000? Out of the question. Right? Yeah. So it's been forever since one of those. So the Nationals, like, this year, I mean, I think they got a good team. I think they're, they're definitely going to be in the talk. But, I mean, it's just too hard with 30 teams of the caliber of the great teams that we have today to be able to pull that off. Uh, Red Sox are always going to be dangerous. Uh, but no, right now... But with their their non spending spell that they're in right now, eh, right? I they're mean, they're not dangerous when they're castrated. Yeah, <laughs> when, yeah, when they do that, right? Exactly. Uh, which is ask- literally, which is literally what the current situation is. Like that's that's what not spending is for them. Because I hate to say it, but the Red Sox are a team that does the most with the most. They're not right. The team that can, they can't do a lot with a little. Right. Yeah. So. so- 
And what I are think they that's act- what they're trying to do with Sky and Bloom. I don't think it's going to yep. work for them. Yeah, exactly. And I have to say, just for the Dodgers and the Red Sox, like that's my thing. Is like, you know what? Flaunt it. You're rich. You're lucky enough to be a rich team. Be a rich team. Do sell, it. Sell your gear. Like, like that's my that's my mini rant. Do it. You want it like you you're acting like a poor team. It's a very bad Halloween costume for you. Right. <laughs> it's not. It it makes no sense, and people are just like. It's stupid. Yeah. You're a rich team. Be a rich team. Just run it. You have the you have the backing. Go for it, right? So the you Red Sox. It, if you got it, it, on it. And I think that's why I even still have to keep the Red Sox is pretty close to the top of the list because I mean that is still available to them. I mean if they're willing to ever spend or if it's just these contracts they got to get off. Okay, maybe it's a few years from now. But when you're talking about the teams that you mentioned, maybe a few years from now, Red Sox will be the first of those seven teams that we we're talking about to win it right i mean if they could get there i mean this year next year probably not not the way they're acting as a as a right. as a team that's trying to build right they're actually not building yeah. so i mean i would see that i mean what are the astros without banging on garbage cans right, right. so Trash they're they're they're, they're, de- they're declining they're getting up there uh cubs i don't even know what they're doing they're pretty much the red Sox of the national league this year i mean the royals are the royals the giants uh I mean, they might be able to hit 120 home runs this year. Right. Uh, Cardinals, I mean, to me, seem to be the right choice out of those seven teams because, mm-hmm. I mean, the Cardinals will always consistently try to put a product on the field. Um, I mean, something that I missed when we were talking about the Mariners, right? Who's who? Which team's played more playoff games since the last time the Mariners played in a playoff game? It was the Cardinals. The Cardinals have played 121 playoff games in the last uh, since 2002, right? They're always there. And so, so for me, they're willing to always go for it. I was going to pick the Royals until until uh, Gabrielle had to remind me that you know I had to frame it with the child molester part. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're you you're, that was such a desperate. You, you do not have really, to. Really, <laughs> there's not another pitcher in the entirety of like college baseball that you could draft who has a working arm. Right. Also, yeah. also true. And a pulse. Um, I, I, I do honestly think the Royals are are going to be my team out of this group. I feel like the Astros, Red Sox, the Nationals cannot repeat. They've got a lot of age on that roster. I think that everyone else is on the downturn. Uh, I think the Cardinals will forever be mediocre enough. Um, I just I feel like enough will fall. They need a lot to fall their way. I'm picking the Royals. They got a young core. Uh, I like what they're doing over there. It's not going to be immediate, but it's. I think they're the first of that group. So, um, I'd like to see the Red Sox be the last in that group. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 FYI. <laughs> I'd like to see the Yankees be the last in that group. Oh wait, they're not in that. We group. didn't yeah. mention them over ten years. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, they were the it's next one. Route. They were the next one. I, by the way, you know the other team that had to be talked out of drafting Luke Heimlich. Who? The Astros. Oh well, yeah. oh, well, that just that just makes too much sense. Which doesn't surprise like probably anybody who's not an Astros fan. Yeah, that's also true. But just just putting it out there, they had to be like ju- like they had to be talked out of it. Hard talked out of yeah you know, drafting him. People had to speak up. So um, you know, he and Roberto Ozuna probably would have gotten along real well. Yeah, that would have been that would have been an interesting clubhouse. 
Um, so on that note, um, that Gabrielle, <laughs> yeah. thank you so much That's a for great note, Dan, yeah, right. Gab- <laughs> Gabrielle, thank you so much for coming out and hanging out with us this week. Uh, you can, uh, pleasure, guys, anytime you can find her at uh, girl at the game.com or what is your, what's your Twitter handle? Um, so there's the girl at the game Twitter handle, which is exactly what it sounds like girl at the game. And my personal is G F S T A R R one. Yeah. All right. And That's Jim, it. you are, you are where you always are, but tell them where you are. I am at passing Jim P A S S O N J I M. Do not call me Jim passion. Like the one guy did that was yelling at me the yeah, other day. The, the well. <laughs> and then uh, I am at, at Adam C Mac, or you can follow the blog at R M N T C baseball. Uh, we will be back uh, next week. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And uh, check out Girl with the Game. Yeah, get there, quick. <laughs> and, then, okay. and come back later.